Welcome to the Aftercare Ally. I am Michelle Pasula Kugler, the Executive Director of the Horse Fund, a charitable organization that focuses on the safe and secure retirement of thoroughbreds. This week's guest is Beverly Strauss, co-founder of Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue. I'm here today with Bev Strauss with Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue. Welcome, Bev. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's completely my pleasure. You know, I one of the great things about the Horse Fund is uh, my ability to share information about aftercare groups out there that are doing amazing things for retired racehorses and other horses for that matter. Um, so any chance I get to talk to someone and spread the good news, it's a good day. Absolutely. So for anyone um, new to Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue, let's start with just a very basic question of where are you located? We are located in Warwick, Maryland, just below Chesapeake City. Um, we're about an hour from Laurel and about 45 minutes from Delaware Park. Um, we've got a 158-acre farm here right on the Sassafras River. And it's just absolutely heaven for these retired racehorses. And I was fortunate enough to visit your farm uh, just under a year ago. And I can attest to how beautiful the property is and what a wonderful place it is for these horses to be. Thank so, you. Oh, you're welcome. So let's talk about um, the beginning. How did Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue, what was, you know, how did it start? Well, it was 20 years ago. We, um, my husband and I were involved with racing uh, a long time ago, 30 years ago. And we were training at Delaware Park and we were realizing um, how many horses were leaving the track every week and running through the New Holland auction. Uh, we live in Pennsylvania, so we would go to New Holland on Mondays and we would buy thoroughbreds here and there, retrain them and resell them. Um, but when we were at Delaware Park, my good friend Ginny Cole was there training and she had a dog rescue. And she also knew how many horses were leaving and going through New Holland. So we decided we had to do something about it. So we decided to start Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue in September of 2002. Um, I was up at New Holland and there were 27 thoroughbreds there. And I called Ginny. I said, if we're going to do this, we should do it. So we pulled some money together and we bought three horses. And then all of a sudden we we're like, Oh my gosh, we need a name, we need a website. Uh, we had arranged to rent a three acre field with a shed and a, a water trough. Um, so that was the beginning. Uh, we bought the three thoroughbreds and then uh, we placed the first one that December. Then we went back and bought another and it got so we would place one and buy two, we'd place two and buy four. Um, so we just grew that, that way. Um, when we first got started, Mrs. DuPont gave us a small donation and we went to Herb and Ellen Mullis, who were the founders of Thoroughbred Charities of America with our, you know, our plans and our dreams. Mm -hmm. And they gave us the first grant. So that was sort of the beginning. Um, and then from there, we just pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and grew and grew and, you know, until, you know, we're here today, 20 years later. And so you started with a three acre property and now you said you're on 158 acres. Yeah, we've got about 100 horses in our program now. We have 
45 at the main farm here in Warwick. And we've got a couple of satellite farms that we use for rehab. Um, so it's really grown. We've got a great network, a great team here. Um, our rehab farms are great. Uh, you know, it's changed a lot because we're no longer seeing thoroughbreds at the auction every week. So we're getting our horses mostly directly from the racetrack. Um, the predominant tracks are Delaware Park, where we handle almost all of the aftercare there. Um, and then through Beyond the Wire in Maryland, who's, which is Maryland's amazing rehoming program. So uh, you, this must be uh, an incredibly busy season for you with Delaware being in its active racing phase. Uh, yes. Our, yes. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we help the trainers, the horsemen at Delaware Park. We work with Cantor Delaware and we'll list horses that trainers want to sell, but then we take in horses that trainers want to give to us to rehome. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty busy, um, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, we'd like to be able to help. Sure, sure. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about a horse entering your program. So you said you work with Delaware and Beyond the Wire. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, either a trainer or Jessica from Beyond the Wire approaches you with a horse. How does that, you know, and if you have a space, what happens once a horse is accepted? Well, that's the key is if we have a space. Um, first of all, we need to find out is the horse sound or does it have an injury that would need downtime? Mm -hmm. um, and if it has an injury that needs downtime, I have to call one of our two rehab farms to see if they have a spot. Um so if it's a sound horse and we've got room, we take it right into the main farm. If it's a rehab horse, we have to send it to one of our rehab farms because honestly, they can do rehab better than we can. We mm -hmm. concentrate on training and the adoptions at the main farm. So it's just worked out better for everybody if we rehab the horses at one of the rehab farms and then we work on the retraining and the adoptions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when a horse comes in, it depends on what the injury is. If there sure. is an injury, there's not an injury. If there's no injury, we bring them into the main farm. We give them a little bit of downtime, not much. It depends on the horse. Um, we let them relax, become horses again. Um, everyone lives out 24 seven if they're sound. So mm -hmm. that takes a little bit of adjustment for some of the horses. Um, and we basically restart them under saddle we want them to stand quietly at the mounting block. And we want them to be able to walk, trot, and canter both ways without too much fuss. Mm -hmm. um, some horses can do that from day one, and we make them available for adoption right away. Other horses need time. Mm -hmm. So it really is just an individual approach. Sure. And and that makes sense, right? That even though they're animals, they all have their individual personalities and traits that will dictate Yes. yes, their speed. Uh, yeah. When you deem them ready uh, for adoption, uh, you put I, you're, you have a very active social media uh, program. So you're posting there and on your website. Is there uh, like a average length of time it takes for a horse to be adopted out? You know, it really depends. Um, of course, the easier to ride ones find homes more quickly. Mm hmm. Uh, there's always a home for a big sound gelding. <laughs> yes. So it really depends. You know, there are some horses that come in that, you know, we're, are happy with any kind of rider. There are horses that come in that need 
very experienced riders or very, um, uh, what's the right word, uh, correct riders. There are other horses that don't care who rides them. They're happy to just plunk around, but they don't want a high-level job. Mm-hmm. So we try to figure out what the horse wants, where he's going to be happiest, and then place them accordingly. Um, there are some horses that don't ever make it on the website because we always have people looking. So we might get a horse in and I know that this person, how they ride and what they're looking for. So I might just call them and say, okay, we just got the horse that I think will suit you. Um, so it works out well. Um, again, we really work on getting a safe and suitable match. Uh, you know, we want these horses to work. We want these horses to be that horse that the adopter has been looking for, you know, mm-hmm. um, one that can do the job that the adopter wants. Um, you know, if we have somebody who just wants to go packing around their farm, we're not going to give them a high energy horse that wants to go out and run and jump. Right. Um, we have somebody who wants to go to the Olympics. We're not going to give them a horse that really would rather just mosey around. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> it's like dating almost. You need to find the exact right yeah. partner. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so um, when a horse is adopted, then um, what sort of reporting do you require of these new owners? Well, first of all, when we do adopt a horse out, it's not the first person or whoever has to check. It's the best person for that horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do transfer ownership when the horse leaves for liability reasons. Um we, first of all, we want our, our adopters to be invested in our in their horse. So our adoption fees are in the two to $3,000 range. Mm-hmm. They stand behind our horses always and we'll take them back at any time. So if there's a problem, they can call us. Um, we'll either take the horse back, maybe refund the money, maybe trade with another horse. You know, we're always there to support our adopters. Um, if I don't think it's a great match, I'll say so. And I've actually had people, you know, start crying because they've tried and tried with a horse, but it just isn't working yet. They really thought that was going to be the horse. Mm-hmm. For um, but again, you know, it's all about getting the right match. I want, I want that person to sit on that horse with a big smile ear to ear saying, Oh, this is what I've been looking for. Um, oh. So because we do, we, we view our adopters as adoption partners. Mm-hmm very supportive environment and a supportive relationship. Um, They know they can come to us at any time with happy reports or concerns or questions. Um, But we want our adopters to be invested in their horse. And we feel that if we make the right match, that horse will always be in a good spot. Um, As I said, we're always there if not. Uh, But we basically, I keep in touch with the people through email or you know, text messages or, you know, Facebook messenger when they first go home, how did the trip home go? And then I check in, how's everything going, you know, over the next couple of weeks, you know, is everything going okay? Um, You know, just sort of keep the communication open. And then I periodically will just checking in, but again, or, you know, we're not suspicious of them. We trust them to do the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got an application process, um, but again, if we re- if we make the right match, you know, those people are happy, the horses are happy, and they're, you know, they're pretty much set. Um, so again, you know, I don't, 
we don't require annual reports. Yeah, years ago, when before we got started, or actually probably when we first got started, a friend had adopted a horse that required annual pictures and updates. And so what she did that first month she had the horse, she took a bunch of pictures. And then every year she would just pull one out of the file and send it to them, which I think kind of defeats the purpose. But I thought, yes, you know, it's just, um, I think if we've done the right job matching the horse to the rider, to the situation, we've got to trust our adopters to do mm -hmm. the right thing. They know we're always here. I don't, you know, I don't require annual reports. Um, you know, they know they can reach out and I do periodically reach out. We follow a lot of our adopters on social media so we can see what's going on. If somebody's mm -hmm. having, they know they can always call us and we will certainly, you know, get involved. Um, I had somebody who adopted a horse about 16 months ago and she was having a little trouble, nothing terrible, but she was having trouble finding a decent trainer. And I just gave her some names and she went to the first one that I'd recommended. And she just emailed me today to say, everything is wonderful. The problems are all solved and she's, you know, everything's going well. So, you know, I think if we view our adopters as partners, mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a really strong relationship with them all. Um, I think, you know, our horses are well cared for and safe. If there's ever a problem, we're always there for them. I like that. That's that's a great way of viewing it and running it. Um, thinking of um, horses and, uh, you know, finding the perfect adopter, uh, Wasabi Ventures had a horse with you for quite some while. Feel proud. Um, yes. <laughs> and... You know, but he has found the perfect home. I am in yep. <laughs> regular contact with his new owner, Liz, and yep. uh, he, he's now Felix and he has two buddies on his farm. And as she tells me, you know, he's got a very laid back life, but he is king of the farm. And it yes. just and it makes me so happy because it took, I think, two years for him to find his home. Not that I ever thought he was in a bad place, but I knew, you know, if I can get him out, you know, if I could help find him a home, that's one more spot on your farm for another horse um but uh the right partner was there it just took a while it did take a while and he was one that i really didn't know that we would find a home for him mm -hmm. um fine i mean you know we try we've got pasture pets that aren't ever going to be useful for riding um and we've done a good job with that program and you know liz just said that i don't she had this connection with him and i was just blown away i said really and absolutely <laughs> And I mean, it's just been perfect for both of them. And uh, he's thriving and she's happy. And there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, it just worked out. Um, do you do you have any horses? You know, if he had still been there, do you do any sanctuary horses or? Um... Well, I was just talking to, to TAA, the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance, the other day, um, because we've got some horses. We call them pasture pets. Mm hmm. So they're not sound for riding. They are barefoot. They're sound out in the field. They don't need any meds, but they're not rideable for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, Snoop is one, if mm -hmm. you remember. Mm -hmm. So basically what we do with our pasture pet program is we call them rehab, even though TAA is saying, well, maybe they should be considered sanctuary. But to me, sanctuary are horses that will never leave our farm. Mm -hmm. um, we do have four of those, um, two that came with the farm when we took it over, and then two that I don't think are, 
well, one's very old. He got returned to us after, you know, probably 10 years with his adopter. And the other is a behavioral problem, which, you know, he's a great guy, but he's not always trustworthy on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we call our pasture pets to me, they're rehab horses because we are still trying to find them homes and like feel proud. It might take a couple of years. It might never happen, but they're safe with us in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Um, so TAA is sort of thinking of them as sanctuary horses. I still call them rehabs. Um, but basically that program is one where we place the horse for a dollar. We do transfer ownership because of insurance reasons. Mm -hmm. um, we place the horse for a dollar. We deliver the horse to the new home and we will pick it up at any time or for any reason. And those horses can never be rehomed or resold. Okay. So it's worked out well because we've got people who might have an older horse who's now alone and they don't necessarily want to buy a young horse, but they need a friend for their old horse. And so they'll take one of our pasture pets. And then when their old horse passes away, they'll return We'll go pick up our pasture pet. Um, we had a case with a woman a couple of years ago. She need, needed a pasture pet for her old guy, Jeremy. So she took a horse from us and then he passed away and she loved our pasture pet so much. She adopted two more. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So she's very happy and they're all happy. I hear from her all the time. She's up in Vermont now. Um, so the pasture pet program has worked well. It takes longer, of course, to find homes for these horses, but we don't give up just like with feel proud, you know, there might be that right person out there somewhere. And again, you know, they're always, they'll always come back to us. So we don't have to worry about them ever ending up in a bad place or unwanted. You know, all that people have to do is pick up the phone as per our contract for pasture pets and we'll send our van out to pick it up. That I love that program. Um, I realized that they were a dollar, um, but I did not realize that there was the uh, possibility to return them, you know, if they didn't suit your purpose anymore. And it seems like such a great idea on your behalf, right? You're getting these horses a home, but you're also giving them a very safe landing for in the future. Yes. yes. And sometimes, you know, we had one horse that went all the way down to Georgia and it was about, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 weeks later, she called. And he just wasn't getting along with her mare and she decided to go a different way. So we went and picked him up in Georgia and sure it cost us a lot in shipping, um, but you know, we gave it a try and it just didn't work out. The horse is back with us and he's fine. He actually found a new home in North Carolina and that's worked out really well. So, you know, from a cost standpoint, did it cost us a lot of money to, to get him to Georgia and then pick him up? Yes, but that's what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, it, the woman who adopted the one and now has three up in Vermont, you know, she's had those horses for several years now. And so it, it's worked out well for them, um, you know, but we're always there for the horses if they don't work out for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, so, you know, I talked a little bit about Feel Proud. Do you have a story about a horse, whether it's heartwarming or amusing that has gone through your program, but was really impactful for you? Oh boy. <laughs> There's so many that are impactful. It's just, uh, it's going to be hard to choose. Um, oh boy. Uh, let me think. Sure. Um, <laughs> 
Well, I mean, this is when we first, when we were, you know, busy at our second farm, uh, a friend of mine was up at New Holland one day. I wasn't there. And this woman is very timid around horses, but she saw this thoroughbred tied up and she actually got her nerve up and she went and got his lip tattoo and sent it to me. And this was back when you had to call the jockey club with the tattoo number and pay to get it researched. Okay. So I called the number, I, I called the jockey club and it took about three days for them to get back to me. And I realized this horse had been the PA bred champion, two-year-old. He was now, I don't know, maybe eight years old. Um, but anyway, so I found out that he had sold to a kill buyer in New York state. So I called the kill buyer up in New York state and I spoke to his wife and she said, Oh, Beverly, I think he shipped directly from the sale. And I felt terrible. Well, then Don called me the next day, said, Oh, now I have that horse here. I'll bring him back for you. So I bought him from the kill buyer. I gave him a hundred dollars profit and we brought the horse home. And at that point we didn't really have room at the rescue. So we sent him up to our friends at Akendale horse rescue. But there was just something about this horse that just, you know, made my skin tingle. And uh, so it was maybe six months, eight months later, I was looking for a horse of my own because I had to retire my older horse. And I thought, I wonder if that horse is sound because I knew he had ankles. So I called Aaron up at Akendale. I said, how's that horse doing? Is he sound? She goes, well, he's got big ankles, but he seems fine. So I ended up adopting him sight unseen. Oh, wow. <laughs> and have him he's 23 this year <laughs> oh. he's now a babysitter for our young horses but you know that really validates what we do because I know how much that horse meant to me I brought him home and he was tough to ride I invented him uh, I took him fox hunting and I mean he's still my boy he's <laughs> kind of a mess but you know I just think he just makes me smile even now with his sway back and you know <laughs> You know, it's a horse that almost got just lost. And, right. you know, because of Mid-Atlantic and Akendale, we were able to get him. And, you know, he just makes me happy. Um, but there's so many stories like that. I mean, there's so many people. We get emails all the time. You know, they're just so grateful for these horses and the joy and the um, attachment that, you know, has brought been brought to people's lives because of these thoroughbreds. Um, God, there's so many. I mean, everyone who works for us has their own adopted mid-Atlantic horses. Several have three. Sure. <laughs> so it, it's just, um, I don't know. I know when I adopted Wish, you know, I remember thinking, what did I do? I've never sat on this horse. <laughs> I only saw him in the field. We had him for a week before I sent him to Akendale. And here I am adopting him and shipping him from New York. And uh, But he just, he makes me happy. <laughs> right. No, you know, it. I find it amazing when I talk to the people who have any of the wasabi retirees that I track, mm. almost every single one tells me my horse is the best. It's kind of like talking to a boastful parent. My, but, yes. but what I love about it is it's just so genuine for these people that I speak with that each and every one of them adores their horse. And recently I was trying to figure out when each of these people, their exact adoption date was so I can kind of mm -hmm. celebrate that you know that it's August yeah. 18th tomorrow and it's so-and-so's a gotcha day and uh -huh. every single person knew it like probably better than they knew their own birthday 
and 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 it was always and it was the best day ever and that's exactly what I want to hear right that they are adopting these horses and they love them so much and from the moment they had them you know yes um well that's what I mean you know an adopter comes I really want them to sit on that horse and smile from ear to ear and say this is the horse you know and I sometimes you know people they'll come ride two or three or four and they're just, we're not feeling it. And, you know, I said, well, just keep looking. The more you look, you'll know when you find that right horse. Um, right. You know, so it really, it's great when you hear from people. We just got a horse back that we actually got him from Fox Hill Farm, God, 2009, maybe. Um, and he just came back this week. The man is now elderly, the, his owner. Mm-hmm. The horse is 20. And the man is, is older and um, no longer able to ride. He's got health and balance issues. And so he called to say, you know, he wanted us to have Rocky back because he wants to make sure he always has a safe landing. And, you know, he had that horse. He said, he's a good horse. I've had him for so long, you know, and it's, it's just neat. I mean, it's, it's really cool, you know? Yeah. No, it, yes, it's amazing. The uh, bond and yes. And there's something so special about thoroughbreds. We've had people come who haven't had a thoroughbred mm-hmm. and then they write one and they're blown away by how intelligent and intuitive these horses are. You just don't get that with the other breeds. You know, maybe I'm a thoroughbred snob. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, you know, we've had people who've never had a thoroughbred and now they're just, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, we'll never, never have anything but. We adopted, we had a three-year-old who was the quietest thing in the world. We got him from beyond the wire and we adopted him to a mother and son who were sharing him. And it was the son's first horse. And he was sort of an up-down trot rider and the mom could do more. And he's just been perfect. She said, I never would have thought we would own a three-year-old thoroughbred, but this <laughs> horse is amazing. And he is, you know? Yeah. No, so, I... You know, and I think also sometimes people too have this misconception about thoroughbreds because I spoke with the equine director at Camp Holiday Trails, which is a summer camp for children with um, medical needs. And I guess this was the first year that she brought in an off-track thoroughbred. And people mm-hmm. said, you're going to have a thoroughbred there? And she's like, oh my gosh, you got to meet this horse. You know, they're, they just thought, you know, it'd be kicking and whatever. And she's like, he's the most chill horse ever, you know? Right. Uh, so it's interesting like my my horse my old retired horse he's spicy I got him when he was nine years old and he's hot to ride he probably still is I mean I could certainly get on and ride we'd be ready to go (laughs) but you know he's they're just so smart and they love the interaction with people they like doing stuff now you know as I said not every horse wants to be a high level jumper but Mm -hmm. they want to that one-on-one with people. Um, we just adopted three limited-use horses um, that are going to be. Um, she does groundwork and clicker training. She said, "I don't care if I ride them or not." And those horses are already thriving. She's, you know, texted me to say how well they're doing, and she's so excited to work with them. And you know, these horses are just happy to have that interaction. You know, it keeps their minds busy. Sure, any job, right? It doesn't have to be that they're, yep. like you said, eventing. It's just a job. That's right and and contact yes yeah yeah well I don't want to take too much of your time but I do want to ask you if people want to help mid-atlantic horse rescue what can they do what do you need what's your ask well we always can take donations um 
cash, you know, financial, uh, whatever, monetary donations, but, you know, spread the word about our program, about our horses. Um, we do have a wish list on Chewy.com. Um, I, I want to start a wish list with Big D's, which is a big um, mail order tax shop. Uh, we always can use worm medicine. It seems like every month <laughs> I have to buy another, you know, 90 tubes of worm medicine. That's always, you know, a big requirement. Um, you know, we accept donations of blankets in good condition and tack and equipment. Um, you know, if we can't use it for our horses, we sell it to raise money for our horses. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, basically share our posts on social media, tell your friends, if anyone is looking for a horse, <laughs> give us a call. Um, you know, it's just, it's a great community. And, you know, there's so many people that love thoroughbreds and love racing and are, they care about aftercare. And, you know, that's what we're all about. I mean, I, you know, I love thoroughbreds. I love racing. I know we're going through kind of a tough spot now with HISA and trying to get everything on level ground. Um, but, you know, it's all about the horses in the end. And that's why we're doing what we do. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. Um, and uh, I appreciate it. I know you're busy. Lots of horses, lots going on. Um, but it's been great talking with you. Yeah. And just can I go through our, our web address, which is oh. midatlanticrescue.org. Absolutely. Um, and there will be links in the description below that people can just click. Um, but absolutely. And you're on Facebook and Instagram, correct? Yes. And, um, you know, we welcome visitors by appointment, but if anyone wants to come visit, we're, we'd love to show you the farm and the horses. Um, you know, we're very proud of our team and our farm and our program, and we just like to share it with as many people as we can. Yeah. And I highly encourage people to schedule a visit there because it's a beautiful property and it's wonderful just seeing so many happy horses there. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Aftercare Ally. You can learn more about Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue at midatlantichorserescue.org and the Horse Fund at thehorsefund.org. Links to the websites and social media channels are also located in the podcast description. I appreciate your support for Thoroughbred Aftercare via your words, actions, and donations.